Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this, it's because you want to hear our uncensored, unfiltered thoughts and opinions on the world of movies and entertainment news. So kick back, relax, and thank you for being part of the conversation. How's it going, bro? Good. How about you? Good, good. By the way, we are recording on a Monday, so the box office numbers that you get at the end of the show will be the final ones. Just wanted to point that out yes, right at yes, the top yes. here. And uh, we got a really nice show for you today, so Nick, why don't we just dive right in and tell us what we got coming up first. Yeah, first story comes to us from Deadline. As she readies to make her return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Lupita Nyong'o is looking to make the jump to another popular franchise. As sources tell Deadline that she is in final negotiations to star in Paramount's A Quiet Place Day One. The spinoff will be directed and written by Pig Helmer Michael Sarnowski. First of all, Forgot that he was directing it. That's yep. amazing. Incredible. Secondly, fuck yeah, Lupita Nyong'o. Are you serious? She's one of the best actresses working today. And joining one of, I think, the best franchises today. Quiet Place, the first one, was my favorite movie of 2018. Mm-hmm. Second one, solid, solid movie. Was still in my top list that year it came out. And it had better competition that year. Yeah. Amazing stuff. The fact that we're getting more with a talented director... With Lupita Nyong'o, because at first when you hear this news, I'm thinking, like, no John Krasinski directing? Like, I don't know. Gone. All doubt gone. I'm excited. Last time she was in a horror film was Us, I believe, and she Mm -hmm. gave a performance that I felt should have been Oscar-worthy. So, I'm all in about this. How do you feel as I enjoy my popcorn away from the microphone? (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think she's one of the best actresses working currently. Uh, She was in a comedy called Little Monsters, which was fine. It was like a horror comedy about like zombie children, but man, her and uh, Josh Gad are so funny in it though. There's like the first time I'm even hearing of this. Yes, no, I would <laughs> I would recommend it just to watch the two of them because I mean she's a great actress and Josh Gad probably gives the funniest performance he's done. Uh, but looking forward, I recently re- rewatched uh, Black Panther. She's fantastic in it. Uh-huh. I hope that she gets to do a lot more in this movie as well because I always found her character very interesting in that. Um. And us, obviously, I agree with you in that I think that she was kind of snubbed for an Oscar on that one. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, as far as Quiet Place, love both movies. Um, I think they bring in talented cast as well. Like in the second one, they brought in uh, Killian Murphy, mm-hmm. who's fantastic. And uh, as far as the director and writer, Pig Helmer, Michael Sarnowski, it's a well-known fact on this show that I am a Nicolas Cage fan. You? But objectively speaking i think pig was in my top 10 mm-hmm. last year might have been in the top five and i feel like nick cage was only a small part of that i thought the movie itself was written and directed beautifully it was and so yes i think that's a great idea to bring him into the quiet place universe i see nothing but great news in this article yes i see this as an absolute one absolutely so what do you guys think about lapina nawango joining the quiet place spinoff which will be directed by the director of pig Let us know as we move on to our next story. Nick, what do you got for us next? Uh, Some more casting news here coming out of Variety. Directors Joe and Anthony Russo are expanding the cast of The Electric State, their next film for Netflix, with Giancarlo Esposito of The Mandalorian and Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, (laughs) Ki-Hu Kwan, Everything Everywhere All at Once in Short Round, Anthony Mackie, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Captain America, and Billy Bob Thornton from The Gray Man and being Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> have signed on to voice roles. Uh, 
So it's animated, I take it, then. It would appear so. Mm -hmm. But I think this is just interesting because the Russo brothers have really been going all in on Netflix. And that's kind of the the bigger story here. Now, what I don't like that they've been doing is they've been, even though they made the biggest movie theater movie of all time, at least for a while, now it's number two. For someone who's done that and have been such a driving force people going to the movies, now that they work for Netflix, they're like, fuck movie theaters. (laughs) That's just kind of been their whole thing, which I don't appreciate. Because you know me, I, I love the movies. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, but with that being said, um, I think that this is interesting. You know, they keep adding big talent to their movies. They keep trying to get out there and do great things. I didn't hate the gray man. I didn't think it was excellent, but I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm going to see more of that. I want to see with this project, you know, I, I just, it's just interesting to see the root, the career direction the Russo brothers are going. Cause I think they're a production company, Agbo financially have been decently successful especially with netflix because i know like extraction i believe was their company as well mm-hmm. and there's been a few more that they've done as well but yeah i think that i just thought it was interesting to bring up and talk about what are your thoughts on this uh i have i don't know some hesitation on it mm-hmm. uh i really like the russo brothers work pre-endgame through endgame mm-hmm. you know obviously like their work on community obviously falcon and winter soldier um they did Civil War too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Arrested Development. Arrested Development, Civil War, Infinity War. I've loved banger after banger after banger. I haven't seen anything that they've done post Endgame. But critically and in film side of social medias, I've seen that they haven't been the best received. Mm-hmm. So I have been hesitant to start. It's like I haven't seen Cherry. I haven't seen, I guess, Extraction produced. But Extraction, I think, actually got really good reviews. It did. People it seemed decent. mixed on The Gray Man. Um, they did, uh, uh, they didn't direct, but they produced 21 Bridges, right? Yep. And they also, they produced Extraction as well. I did not see 21 Bridges. I think Neither that was I. mixed as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just seeing a lot of mixed after mixed after Although, mixed. Although, I think technically they produced everything everywhere all at once. Oh, Yeah. I think so. Mm, I could be wrong. Okay. Internet, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they did. Well, if that's the case, then they got one good, <laughs> one really well received thing. Um, I'm interested to see because I don't think they've done animation before, mm-hmm. um, and this is a great voice cast. Yeah, and ev- and not only a great voice cast, but people with distinctive voices, which I think is interesting, um, and a great choice. And I'll see anything with Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go into this with some some hesitation, uh, and I do want to catch up on their work because I do like I do like that they're kind of sprinkling in some Marvel people in every movie they've done. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you like working which is with funny. them, funny. Yeah, keep no, it going. exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, no, that's that's really great. The one thing that I do want to point out is that this movie, The Electric State. Uh, some more info about it, really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a set in an alternate alternative america in the mid-1990s the electric state stars millie bobby brown as a young girl traveling across the country in the wake of a civil war between humanity and robots that once served them and is looking for her missing brother chris pratt co-stars as a smuggler she meets along the way stanley tucci and jason alexander also round out the cast well that's a stacked cast right there. esposito will play an antagonist known as the marshal what him (laughs) a bad guy (laughs) right can you believe it Something else to point out, though. It's being written by Marcus and McFeely. Ooh. Did Gray Man was written by them? By one of them. One of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe the Magic's in both. Maybe the Magic's in that combo. We'll mm-hmm. see. But either way, what do you guys think about the Electric State and all the amazing cast members joining it? Let us know as we move on to our next story. Nick, what you got next? Our next story comes to us from Variety as well. I believe it's a Variety-heavy show today. All right. Um, Guy Ritchie's series follow-up to The Gentleman at Netflix has set its main cast. Joining previously announced series lead Theo James in the series will be Kea Scodelario from Crawl and the Pale Horse, and I believe she was also the lead in the last uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Uh, Daniel Ings from I Hate Susie, Jolie Richardson from Lady Shadowly's Lover, John Carlo Esposito once more uh-huh. from Better Call Saul, The Mandalorian, uh, Peter Serafinowicz from The Tick, and he was also had a role in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And Vinny Jones, Guy Ritchie alum, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke and Barrels and Snatch. Uh, the role will see Vinny Jones and Guy Ritchie reunite for the first time since Snatch, which was in 2000. So, this story is the reason why I got fucking popcorn for the show. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, dude. Absolutely. First of all, how many times have we said it on the show, we love Guy Ritchie, and King Arthur is completely underrated. Correct. Um, the Gentleman was a fucking phenomenal movie. So good. And it came out in January, which doesn't happen. And the fact that it's getting a series that is being direct. The first two episodes are going to be directed by Guy Ritchie. <clears throat> first how many? First two. Okay. And he's the ex- one of the exec producers. I forget who's show running the series. But the fact that like it's his show, his universe, new characters, fucking bring it on, dude. I love this. I love Gentlemen. I love Guy Ritchie. I'm being redundant at this point. I'm fucking excited. What do you think? I am very excited as well. I hope that when he brings in uh, new directors that they do take some liberty to try to make it their own, but also make it a Guy Ritchie thing at the same time. You Mm -hmm. know, I want Guy Ritchie. If if I'm getting a Guy Ritchie show, give me a Guy Ritchie show. A thousand fucking percent, dude. Um, And again, never a bad thing to add talent. And uh, from who I know on this list, stacked cast. Mm -hmm. Um, I see, I see nothing but but good things here as well. Now, my question to you guys, I, I didn't want to make it a main story, but I did want to talk about the new Netflix stuff. Mm-hmm. So Netflix mm. changed their pricing. Right. So now there's four tiers. So for $6 a month and ads, you can get ads and you get to stream in 720 For $10, uh-huh. you get no ads, but also 720 15 I believe, is uh, 1080p, and $20 is 4K. But the ad-free, uh, or the ad tier, sorry, mm-hmm. blocks you from a variety of big-name shows. That's Although true. I think I wrote the list here. You cannot watch on the ad-supported platform The Crown, Cobra Kai, Arrested Development, Breaking Bad, The Good Place, Grey's Anatomy, House of Cards, How to Get Away with Murder, New Girl, Peaky Blinders, as well as a bunch of other of like the main things. So my question, and the reason I wanted to bring this up, was you have a movie by uh, the people that made some of the biggest movies, box office tits, mm-hmm. and you also have uh, now a Guy Ritchie show from a well-known director from a popular movie. Now, that list only had shows on it. So my question is, do you think either of those are going to end up not being supported on like an ad tier type thing and be premium content it's possible i think it depends on the cost of the movie mm-hmm. right yeah because like the crown was on that list that's a very expensive show yeah now surprisingly stranger things is not on that list mm-hmm. i actually think that's genius go on because um if you're an advertiser you want your ads in front of stranger things mm-hmm. so they're gonna let people watch stranger things with ads because that's gonna get the biggest advertising cost 
is people wanting to put ads in front of Stranger Things. Yeah. I also think I also think uh, we're going to disagree here. I think it's genius that they're cutting content for people with the ads because Netflix's biggest thing for years was no commercials, unlimited streaming, cost a little bit more for 4K, which made sense. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they plateaued. The the one thing you can't have when your company is public and you're in the stock market, they didn't grow because everyone and their mother had Netflix for the longest time, mm-hmm. and they finally started losing subscribers every quarter. And they were like, well, what do we fucking do? When then in reality, it's, hey, growing every quarter till the end of time is impossible, right? Mm-hmm. But instead, you can't do that. You got to look at your shareholders and be like, oh, no, we're going to grow. We're going to make more money. We're going to do all this. It's fucking stupid. So they were like, hey, you know, it'd be really funny if we took the one thing that we were known to never do, have commercials, announce that we're going to make commercials, be called geniuses saying that we're going to make commercials as a tier. But we're only going to give them some of the content to make them feel stupid for wanting commercials. I love it. The big thing here that I think mm-hmm. is going to be a big win for Netflix is they're going to create a problem and solve it. So I think, for example, when you have ad revenue, which is something they've never had, you are now flooding in new money that you've never had before in advertising. Everyone's going to want to put their ads on Netflix. It's a huge streaming service. But you have that problem that you're bringing up. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's 720p. It's this. It's, you know, yeah. two different tiers, and it doesn't matter. Although, I think people outside of our bubble of the tech and movie-loving world won't even notice the 720p. I'm not saying it's right. I just think they won't notice. I I think they would with the their TV quality is probably really good when they watch cable or something. They're going to switch Netflix and be like, wow, this looks like shit comparatively. Yeah, there will be people who do that. Yeah. But then they can look into it. But the thing is, it's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. That Netflix will solve in future quarters by just getting rid of it and combining them and their stock price goes up. It will go up initially because of all the money they're going to get from advertising. How do you improve the advertising? Fixing that problem. Goes up. I think it's going to take a hit. I think it's going to anger people. I think they'll take a hit. I think they might lose subscribers over it. That's, I think I think long term, if they do what you're saying and combine it, it'll go back up. But why not just do that initially? I feel like if they came out the gate with it. They're it doing the Apple a- iPhone thing. They're solving the problem too soon. You have to change something for no reason and then fix it later and be seen as geniuses. We'll see how it works out for them. We'll I, see. I, I, just, I, 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 I think what you said is going to happen in terms of them combining the bottom tier. I'm just in the camp of why not do that to start with. Listen, it would make sense for the consumer. Yeah. But when you're public, you're not out to help the consumer. You're out to help the shareholders. That's the unfortunate truth of it all. I feel like I'd have more leeway, too, if they just made it 1080p across the board. I think the 720s. just so, like I, I'll open YouTube on my phone, and I'll be like, ooh, what is that? Why is that 720? And then I'll go and change it in the thing. Because mm-hmm. you can just tell immediately, like, the quality difference. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just hope that uh, the people that have the ads can watch Guy Ritchie because Guy Ritchie needs more support. <laughs> yes, we that, love Guy we, Ritchie. We tied it back. That's that. That's what we need. We <laughs> that's need what we Guy need. Ritchie We're getting money. We're here to support Guy Ritchie. Yes. So, what do you guys think about the uh, Guy Ritchie Gentleman Netflix series? And what do you think about the whole Netflix debacle we were talking about? Mm-hmm. Let us know in the comments as we, as we move on. To our next thing, Nicholas, what do we got next? Next story comes to us from Variety. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon director, Carlos Lopez Estrada, has been enlisted by Paramount, Bad Robot, and Toho to rewrite and direct the sci-fi anime live-action remake Your Name. The film is currently in development and is based on the 2016 animated romantic fantasy drama considered to be a modern classic in Japan. Thank you. 
yes. for this, for bringing in that topic. And here's the thing. That movie rules. Have you ever seen it? I have. It is one of the few anime movies that I've seen, and I very much enjoyed it. You know who it might be their favorite movie? Hmm. Kyler. I know. I called him today to tell him this story. <laughs> he did he had no idea, did he? <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't happy about it? Not in the slightest. Why? Because Because it's happening or because of who's doing it? Both. Okay, first of all, Ryan the Last Dragon is a good movie. He I needs di- to relax. I disagree on that. I didn't like that movie either. It's a good movie. I like N- that movie. Was not a fan. I like the movie. And I think the director is going to do a fine job. Um, but anyway, well, that's another fun debate we can have. <laughs> but um, the anime film actually got turned on to it by um, Hannah's brother, Chris. Shout out, mm-hmm. Chris. She, um, t- kept bugging me to watch the movie. And it's a good thing he did, because when I did finally watch it, I was like, okay, I'm an idiot for not watching this before. Mm-hmm. I still haven't watched Weathering With You. Please don't get on my case. I will watch it. I've heard it's very good as well. I think Kyler likes that one. I think that's the same director. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think they just announced he's doing a new movie, too, Kyler was telling oh, me about. sick. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, anyway. Story there. <laughs> listen, I, I think this is exciting. I think that, um, now granted, this could all turn into shit. We've seen some of these anime um, live action redos if you will not go great but they can go great and i have confidence i'm gonna remain cautiously optimistic about it i think it'll be fun we'll see maybe it sucks but i'm gonna be positive now tell me i'm wrong nicholas i mean everything i've seen that's been anime to live action i've watched a lot of them granted audience reception has not been the best Mm -hmm. we've seen m night Shyamalan's avatar We've seen Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Cowboy Bebop. We've seen uh, Death Note. Uh, we've seen people being on the fence about the whole One Piece uh, show on Netflix as well. Clearly, something hasn't been working. But 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 you're talking. You're missing the one thing that worked on a massive scale. Mm-hmm. Like one of the best movies of the decade, Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> Duh. You know what? I'm- <laughs> Bring it back. You remember that I, fucking movie? I take it back. Do you remember? No, this is imperative. Do you remember that I remember, travesty? I remember parts of it. I don't think I could get through the whole thing. I can't. It's no. It's awful. But clearly, there's a trend yeah. of it not going well. And what we've seen over the last few box offices and spoilers for this one, the anime movies have been killing it in theaters. Yeah, like the actual full, especially animation. their opening weekend. Exactly. So it's and now this live it's a live action remake. Is this going to be Americanized where they make it like take place in New York? Is it I going don't know to be if details are out on that? Yeah. yeah. And has the Ryan the Last direct, Dragon director has he made anything live action before or has he just done animated movies? So, I'll have you know and this helps my argument with why I think this is a great choice. Carlos Lopez Estrada not only directed the film Blind Spotting, which was an indie hit from a few years ago, mm-hmm. he directed the episode of Legion where Aubrey Plaza dressed up as the Mad Hatter and did the whole Alice thing. It's a good episode of Legion. It's a great episode. Dude, I won't get into Legion right now, <laughs> yeah. but go ahead. Watch Legion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, and it's saying he's set to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. At, was it having script issues or is it mean rewriting as in the adaptation uh, um, script of it you know I, I feel like there's a lot of questions here that I'm just not on board with especially when like I'm someone that I have not watched a lot of anime 
what I've seen, I have enjoyed. I'm not like overly enthusiastic about it, you know. I've seen your name. I've seen a bunch of the Studio Ghibli movies, and I liked it. And I think that would spread to a wide audience. So, and it only came out in 2016. So it's like, why not try to just keep promoting that or his new movie and promoting that instead of just doing the live action remake? Like, do a marketing push to get people to watch that one. Okay, but but how about this? It's Paramount. Is it just going to go straight to Paramount Plus then? No, 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 no. They have international distribution for Japan. Are they even going to want it? Yeah. Dude, it's going to be good. I have faith. Watch. Cut to the future where yeah. it cuts to black and white this moment. It's going to be good. And it's like the worst movie ever. No, but I listen. Paramount is the greatest movie studio ever right now. They've been the best movie studio since mm-hmm. about 2017. And they have not stopped. They've reigned supreme since then. I love them. I'm in. You got bad robots, so I'll maybe give them that. We'll see. Cut to whatever this comes out. Mm-hmm. I think as more information, the mm-hmm. story will change. But right now, I'm, I am I can't get on board personally. All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll what see. Do you, what do you guys think about the Your Name live action remake coming soon? Let us know as we move on to our next story. Nick, what do we got? Our next story is diving us into the Marvel Universe. What? On I this show? I didn't say cinematic because we kind of have some varying Marvel stories here. But oh? our first one does come to us from the MCU, more specifically from Variety. Aubrey Plaza is joining, speaking of Legion and yep. Aubrey Plaza, yep. Aubrey Plaza is joining Katherine Hahn in the upcoming Marvel Studios series, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, at Disney+. Plus. Thank God they changed that name. Yeah. Variety has learned from sources. The series is a spinoff of the Marvel show WandaVision, with Hahn set to reprise the role of Agatha Harkness. Exact plot details, including the character Plaza would play in the show, are being kept under wraps. I hope she plays a villain. Here's why. Absolute. To say less. But do because it's show. Now I am gonna do it. I am gonna do it now. Legion, mm-hmm. the Marvel X Men show that was on FX for three seasons, is one of the best fucking TV shows I've ever seen. You may have just heard, oh, it's one of the best comic book. It it is one of the best TV shows I've ever watched in my life, partially because of Aubrey Plaza and how good she is in that show. She's fucking unbelievable, and I will preach it forever. She was robbed of an Emmy every season for that show. She was fucking brilliant. So, mix that with I'm a big Parks and Rec fan and a big fan of Aubrey Plaza in general. Fuck yeah, I'm excited about her being in the Agatha show, and I hope she plays a villain. Carry on. Nick, your turn. (laughs) One, I'll lament this again. Agatha Coven of Chaos is such better than Agatha House of Harkness. Agreed. I know that was probably just a placeholder title, but thank God they changed it. Two, Aubrey Plaza has been killing it lately. Not just in Legion, in literally everything. She's on The White Lotus Season 2 now, which was a hugely successful show. She just had that indie hit, uh, uh, Emily the Criminal. Which was apparently fantastic. I unfortunately get to see it. She was in a Guy Ritchie movie. Uh huh. She has been killing it. So yes, put her in this, and it's a little Parks and Rec reunion because Catherine Hahn was in that show. Yep. And again, I do hope Aubrey Plaza plays a villain. Why not? She'd be killing perfect for it. Two. Why am I excited for this show? Because it's a random character spinoff. I don't know, but Catherine Hahn, I love. So I'm there in a heartbeat. And Catherine Hahn was this, one of the scene stealers of WandaVision. Absolutely. And not to mention, on top of that, right before the show broke, 
uh, SNL alum Sashir, Sashir Zamata yeah. from uh, Booksmart. She played the teacher. And Eric Andre have also joined the cast. Yep. What's happening on this show and why am I so invested? I'm so excited. I hope we get to know who she is soon. I'd be interested to see if she's a character that already exists within Marvel lore or if she will be a new character for the show. Maybe she's just part of the coven. Will be flashbacks? I don't know. Give me more details on this show and give it to me quickly. Yes, absolutely. I'm currently looking to see if Legion ever had a 4K release. So um, what do you guys think about the Abbey Plaza joining Agatha Coven of Chaos? Let us know as we move on to our next story. Nicholas, what dropped right before we started recording? Uh, right before we started recording, the Hollywood Reporter announced that Daniel Kaluuya is swinging into the Spider-Verse. The actor, last seen having a close encounter in Jordan Peele's Nope, has joined the cast voice cast of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to the Oscar-winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, so first of all, awesome. Mm-hmm. Spider-Punk? Come on, dude. That's who he is, Spider-Punk? He's playing Spider-Punk. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. Now, that's a newer Marvel character, Very I new. Believe, like, right? I believe like 2015 new. Good for them for bringing him in that quickly. Yeah. Very good for them. This is so exciting. One, because Spider-Punk, amazing. Literally looks like a punk rocker. Two, Daniel Kaluuya, amazing actor, amazing voice, in every accent. He's great. And I love that these movies are just so much fun in everything they do. And this might have been a done deal forever ago because they've been working on that movie for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. There are also rumors about that movie that I heard, but it's not. This is a rumor. This is a rumor. Of the round table. Rumor of the round table. <laughs> we should bring that back. Go on. I have heard from some people, rumors, because it's not the major trades. I've heard from some people that the Spider-Man PS5 character makes a cameo. Oh, wow. With the voice. Or PS4, PS5, like that Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've also heard that the MCU Spider-Man makes a brief appearance. And Tom. that they're currently trying to get Tom. Wow. I'll tell you what, if that doesn't come true, they can get the guy who did him for what if. He, he sounded, he just, sounded like just like him. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I wonder if, if we get a Maguire or Garfield maybe that in would be it cool. too. Uh, it's definitely going to be bigger in every sense of, of the, the term. Oh. And uh, they're bringing in some, you know, Daniel Kaluuya obviously was in Black Panther, so he's no, no stranger to the uh, comic book world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's a talented actor. He crushed it in Nope. He was very good in Nope. So good in Nope. Um. I'd be interested to hear his voice work. I don't know if he's voiced an animated character before. I'd be interested to see I don't know off the top of my head, but he's very usually very stoic. Yeah. And I feel like Spider-Punk might be something that needs to be a little more like... Yeah, out there. Out there. So, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I don't think he can't pull it off by any any stretch of the imagination. Great news. Great, great news. What do you guys think about Daniel Kaluuya joining Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse as Spider-Punk? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. But before we move on to our next story, there is something that I want to bring up. I kind of want to do a bit of uh, housekeeping here. While we love to have you join and watch us on YouTube, we get that life gets busy. You're constantly running around and maybe you just don't like to see our faces, especially Nick's. So for your listening pleasure, the Movie Nights Roundtable is available in audio-only form on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all other major podcasting platforms. Simply open your podcasting app of choice, type in Movie Nights Roundtable into the search, and look for our big yellow logo. Nicholas, what is the last story we have for today? How much time do you guys have? <laughs> our last story comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. 
Heat Vision newsletter. newsletter. On Wednesday, Warner Brothers Discovery Chief David Zaslav and Steven Spielberg were having lunch at the Warner Brothers Commissary. Then, Christopher Nolan, eating nearby, comes over to hang after his lunch had wrapped. And then, new co-head of DC Studios Peter Safran walked in and got to meet the whole gang. Go on. If I if you didn't know that was from the Hollywood Reporter newsletter, you'd think it came from my dreams. <laughs> so, what he just said is what's confirmed about the meeting. That it was Zaslav and Spielberg. Nolan's post-production office is still in the Warner Brothers lot. So he was saw them and was like, oh shit. Went over and had lunch with them. Because when you're Christopher Nolan, you can just do that. Yeah. And then while they were having lunch, Peter Safran, one of the co-CEOs of DC Studios, was like, no, hey, and went in and sat down, and then they all, it became a big lunch with all of them. Because he puts away his phone that has a text from Zaslav that says, get your ass down here right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, basically, all we know is that a bunch of homies had lunch. But, of course, we're going to speculate as to what that could have meant because of who we are as people. Mm-hmm. And now there's a rumor running wild that they were talking about Superman. That is not confirmed at all. However, maybe. But are we going to make it our thumbnail? Are we going to Are we going to sit here and speculate what it could mean? Absolutely. So let's let's break it down. Let's go full Charlie Kelly Pepe Sylvia right now. Mm-hmm. Here's what we know. Zaslav Spielberg. Why meet? Why? Because both of those schedules are busy. Yes. So if they're meeting, it's about something. And I don't think it's West Side Story two, right? <laughs> I think it's the last Warner Brothers movie that Spielberg did. I don't know who's distributing Fablemans. Mm-hmm. Now, whatever they were talking about, we assume it's DC just because Zaslav has been very adamant that he sees DC as one of, one of Warner Brothers Pictures' highest priorities mm-hmm. and franchises. Christopher Nolan swings by. Now we have a DC connection sitting right there in Christopher yeah. Nolan. And... Rumors, or not even rumors, reports of a Man of Steel 2 type movie happening with Charles Robin returning as a producer. Charles Robin was a producer on the Dark Knight series. Christopher Nolan, people forget this. Christopher Nolan is not an exec producer on Man of Steel. He is a producer on Man of Steel. Syncopy, his production company, which is just him and his wife, that logo appears in front of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And he co-wrote the story. So now you have Nolan who also has a Superman connection. Spielberg, who's just... Who knows what they were talking about. And then, oh, the head of DC. <laughs> what a coincidence. Oh, look at this shit. Let me just sit down here. They were talking about something. Is there a chance that this was all just bullshit and they were talking about baseball? Why not, right? The World Series is going on. They weren't talking about baseball, Nicholas. They were talking about something. And let's speculate what it is. Obviously, a lot of people are thinking it's Superman. Mm-hmm. That would be great. That would be my biggest guess. But so, but let's let's break it down. Yeah. What was Zaslab and Spielberg? That could about? just be a Warner Brothers movie. Maybe Spielberg had an idea for something big, and he was like, to, "With the CEO, though, let's have a lunch." With the CEO of mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. Okay. When you're Steven Spielberg, I think you get the CEO immediately. I agree. But Steven Spielberg doesn't need the CEO, is what I'm saying. Yeah. To make a movie. Right? Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't think this was Spielberg reaching out to David Zaslav. Mm-hmm. I think this was David Zaslav reaching out to Steven Spielberg. Well, he has had, there have been creative differences with the old regime and certain famous filmmakers. Uh-huh. So maybe this could just be a rotation of Zaslav just trying to make amends, connections. Now, just get like, hey, this that's the old. I bet you new. that shit was said as soon as Nolan sat the fuck down. I bet oh. you as soon oh. as Nolan sat down, Zaslav was like, please come back. We're so sorry. We would have doubled your budget for Oppenheimer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you're working at Universal. Good luck to you. What do we got to do to bring you back? Yeah. Well, that does he have an exclusive with Universal or is he just have like... Just the one movie. Okay. But one leads to, two, you know, yeah. when you're Nolan and you're Universal, you're Universal. You're like, you stay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Peter Safran coming down. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So... Here's what I... None of this is confirmed, by the way. The meeting is confirmed, but everything we're about to say. Here's what I think is going on. I think Zaslav reached... This is completely in my head canon, by the way. Please don't run with this. Mm. I think Zaslav was meeting with Spielberg about doing something for Warner Brothers. I'm going to say it was DC. I don't think it was Harry Potter. Wouldn't that just be... like? Do you know how much Kyler would lord that over us? Yeah, if, if no, no, if it's Spielberg yeah. or Nolan having a meeting about like making a DC movie, and Superman's like right there, and it's like, yeah. oh no, I'm doing Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah, that'd be insane. Oh, we'd never hear the end of it from yeah. him. Yeah, right, right. I would love it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I'd be on board with it. But yeah. man, he would. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, because remember, at one point, Steven Spielberg was in talks to direct a DC movie um, about the fighter pilots. Oh, my God. It's leaving me. Black Hawk. He was going to do a Black Hawk movie. Oh, hell yeah. And the, But it fell apart. But it, that uh-huh. was he was in talks for a while, so it's not new. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Spielberg just made a movie called The Fablemans, which is about his life. Now he's like, what's what's the next step in my career? What am I, what am I doing next? Something big, maybe. He hasn't really made anything big since Ready Player One. Let him do a pirate movie. <laughs> I agree. But maybe he's as every shout. He's like, hey. Any interest in DC? Mm-hmm. Like just any, you know, a general meeting to bring up DC. And then yeah. Chris Nolan comes to the table and he goes, I know about DC. What are we talking about? And then Zazdev was like, you want to do more Batman? He's like, I'm not doing more Batman. <laughs> just <laughs> immediately shuts yeah. it down probably. But I'm sure basically the three of them, you know, talking like, Oh, like, you know, there are several DC characters I love. Because you know Steven Spielberg likes comic books. He yeah. said that before. Nolan, obviously, has experience with Batman. I'm sure the conversation came up. And then, I like your idea of him texting Peter Safran, like, get your ass down here. Yeah. Now. And then who knows what happened from there. Honestly, it was probably just a lunch between friends. Nick. But if you're, if you're even if it is lunch between friends, if you're, not, if you're Zaz up... You're still dropping like Oh, a, you're bringing up DC. Yeah. A thousand percent. You don't not. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, if tomorrow, if any day, they announced a Steven Spielberg directed, Christopher Nolan produced Superman movie with Henry Cavill as Superman, or flip it, a Chris Nolan directed, Steven Spielberg produced Superman movie with Henry Cavill as Superman, fuck it, anyone Superman, as much as I love Henry Cavill, I would take the day off work. Mm-hmm. And do nothing. I would just celebrate life if that announcement happened. Could you imagine DC just 
to Marvel of like, <laughs> yep. of like Steven fucking Spielberg, bro. Let's go. And then they get Scorsese to do Secret Wars. But I <laughs> But all I'm saying is it would be cool. Clearly the meeting was something important if it's with the CEO of Warner Brothers. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I agree with everything you just said. Part of me hope it's the Ben Affleck Batman movie. <laughs> but I know that Superman would be more inclined to that, especially when you have Spielberg who like just thrives off of I know at the time his movies don't give off the essence of nostalgia, mm-hmm. but now they do. Mm-hmm. So what better way to solidify that fact with literally Superman? Like the epitome of like American pop culture, like the most recognizable superhero in the world. And it's it is the king of awe and wonder. Yeah. I would say Spielberg. You'll believe a man can fly. Yeah. And that is Spielberg with everything. Yes. And with VFX heavy movies, he's done them. Like, he can do them. Yeah. Match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That'd be insane. It would be. It really, That'd really would wild. be. Watch tomorrow, West Side Story 2 gets announced. What do you guys think about that insane meeting that happened? And do you think it could be about a Superman movie? What do you think? Let us know in the comments. And with that, we're now going to move on to the box office. The box office. All right. What were our predictions from last week? Yep, right off the top, we got Dalton having Black Adam at number one, Ticket to Paradise number two, Smile number three, Pray for the Devil number four, and Halloween Ends number five. On the flip side, I had Black Adam number one, Ticket to Paradise number two, Pray for the Devil number three, Smile number four, Halloween Ends number five. Basically, our same predictions from last week. Nick, we both forgot about One Piece. We both The One Piece is, in fact, real, and we forgot about it. And I feel stupid. I don't know about you. I personally feel like a fucking moron. Uh, Yes, very much so. So, obviously, we were both wrong. Yes. Coming in first was Black Adam in its third week, making another $18 million, only dropping 33% from week two to week three. One Piece film, Red... And its opening weekend made $9 million, which is great. It's awesome. Uh, coming in third was Ticket to Paradise, making another $8 million. Coming in fourth was Smile, making another $3.9 million. And coming in fifth, Pray for the Devil, making another $3.8 million. Smile above Pray for the Devil. So that was that the top five. Right. Yeah. Yep. I did mm-hmm. get that part right. You did get that part right, yep. <laughs> I still got it wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so... That is what's going down there. Um, but there are some box office things I do want to point out. Uh, first of all, let's dive into Terrifier 2, the <laughs> amazing success story of that movie, on a budget of $250,000, which is fucking nothing for a feature film, has made $10 million worldwide. That's wild. Amazing. That, I'm so happy for them. That means that Terrifier 3 gets I fucking, 5 to $10 million I easy, right? I fucking hope so. I hope so. I haven't even watched these movies yet, but I'm yeah. going to. I actively plan on it because yes. of the success of this movie. And the reviews. Yeah. They're all saying it's great. Yeah. Every single person who's watched it that I know has said it's great. Because like it's one thing for a horror movie to make money. Yeah. Shocker. You yeah. Know? But yeah. like when people are actively saying, like, no, this is fucking... Like, Pray for the Devil has been getting shit reviews. Yeah. yeah. And it's been in the top five for yeah. three weeks. Listen, f- honestly, you know how much I love horror? Yeah. Forget the horror part of the story. A movie with a budget of $250,000 yeah. has made $10 million. Yeah. That is bonkers insane. Mm-hmm. Bonkers insane. 
So let's go back into the top five and kind of get their worldwide totals. Yeah. Um, Pray for the Devil has has a worldwide total of fifteen million dollars. Don't know what the budget was, but it couldn't have been too too high. I have no idea its level of success, so I apologize. <laughs> um, let's go into Smile. Smile on a budget of seventeen has made two hundred and two million dollars worldwide. That is crazy and awesome and amazing. And hey, hey, guess who distributed it? Hmm. Paramount. Good for Paramount. I will go on a whole rant at the end of the year as to why Paramount <laughs> fucking won this year. Paramount won so much this year, dude. Absolutely. It's not even funny. And they got fucking laughed at. They were laughed at during the pandemic. And they said, no, we have patience and we'll wait. And then what happened this year? What happened this year, Nicholas? <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> Paramount whipped out their cinematic cock and dominated the box office and the reviews. They're crushing it this year. They are, in fact, crushing it. It was amazing. Okay, third, Tickets to Paradise. Worldwide has $139 million, which is stupid, on a budget of 60 So it's made 2.3 times its budget. Next week, it'll be profitable if it survives the Black Panther, which we will talk about here in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in second, One Piece Film Red. Worldwide, by the way, would you like to know its worldwide total? I would. 159 Hmm. All right, I can't find the budget for the One Piece film, but $9 million opening is very good. $159 million worldwide is exceptionally good. So that movie is doing very well. And coming in first was Black Adam with a worldwide box office of $321 million. It has crossed the $300 million mark, but it's only made 1.6 times its budget back. It will probably end up losing money, which is sad, but... I don't know if DC is going to write it off as a total loss because one, it made enough money and two, I think that this is more of a setup for the future and to kind of see what's going on there. But the numbers are the numbers and I'm sure they wished it did better. Now, next week, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, is going to have one of the biggest openings of all time. And, but this this is good news for Black Adam. Would you like to know why? Go on. There are going to be people who are dumb and didn't get their tickets in advance go to see Black Panther, and they're all sold out, and they're like, fuck, might as well watch Black Adam. That's a fair point. Yeah. Just saying. Do you think people are still at a point where they think they can just walk up and get tickets to, like, a Marvel movie opening night? Like, I know they exist, because I worked at a movie theater for five years, and they still did it for Endgame. That's so good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, those are some of the numbers. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that Black Adam can at least get to 400. We'll see. Cause uh, now let's get, now let's get interesting, Nick. Predictions. Predictions for next week. I wrote mine down. If you'd like to. Uh... Oh, fucking give them to me, dude. All right. Coming in at number one, I have Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Interesting choice. I listen. This little Niche. indie movie. Yeah. I'm really hoping will take off. Number two, I got Black Adam. All right. Number three, I'm gonna I'm gonna say One Piece sticks around. Okay. Uh, fourth, I'm gonna go Ticket to Paradise, and fifth, I'm gonna go Smile. Okay. Interesting. Unless I just forgot about a giant movie coming out with Black Panther, but why would you do that? Yeah, right. I mean, why? Here's what I'm gonna do. Go on. Number one, Black Panther. Yep. Number two, Black Adam. Give me one sec. Uh huh. Okay. 
Number three, Ticket to Paradise. Okay. Number four, The Fablemans. Okay. Because it's opening in New York and L.A., and those are the two biggest movie markets in the world. So it won't be enough to do, like, top three numbers. Mm -hmm. Number five, One Piece. The reason why I'm having it drop that much is because we've seen it with the anime releases in America. Opening weekends are packed, and then the drop-off is significant because literally all the fans go see it the opening night. This is a very interesting list you have here. Mm -hmm. I am... Color me intrigued. And also, let's also talk about this for a second, right? What's going to be really funny next week is the difference in number between the number one box office movie and the number two box office movie. Because Black Panther is going to make at least, at least $175 million opening weekend. Might hit over $200 million. Oh. Yeah. Right? Black Adam's doing maybe nine. <laughs> maybe. Right? If it drops 50%, it's doing nine. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why Black Panther's second. If Ticket to Paradise drops 50%, it's doing four. That's why I have Ticket to Paradise third. And then fourth I had The Fablemans, right? Yeah. I think that'll open to at least four, maybe three, in New York and L.A. And then fifth, One Piece... Because if it drops 60%, 70%, it's at 2 to 3. I like your reasoning. I'm going to stick with mine, though. Oh, no, no, no. I fully understand. I could be completely wrong here. Now, when Fablemans gets the wide? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's, it's going to rise. But, uh, but yeah, those are, my, those are my predictions. So, normally, now we would do the um, movie review. But, um, however, we are going to cut for time this time on the movie review. But Nick did see a movie, and he wants to give it a quick shout-out. And I'm pissed I didn't get to see it because of busyness. Hannah and I celebrated our four-year anniversary, and we went to New York. But, um, yes. Nick, tell us about the movie that you saw. Yes, I saw The Banshees of Inishirin, the in Bruges reunion of uh, Martin McDonough. Yes. Uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, and they threw in a little, uh, little of Barry Keegan in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very good. I would highly recommend it. Go in not knowing anything about it. And tell me that Martin McDonough made a good movie. You're a what? you're a madman. The director of three billboards outside of, of Ebbing, Missouri. The director of Seven Psychopaths. You're gonna tell me that him and Colin Farrell together made something good. What? And you're gonna tell me that Barry Keegan and Colin Farrell in a movie together made something good, and that what? Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson in a movie together made something good. Insane. Fuck you. That's what I'll say. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, it might be one of my favorite movies this year. I could probably see it skirting into my top five. I highly recommend it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Before we go, if you liked what you heard today and you want more, don't forget to subscribe to the official Movie Nights YouTube channel for weekly shows and movie reviews. You can also check us out on our social channels where we post updates, short video clips, and more. Those links can be found in the description, if I fucking remember. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next week.